Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Glad you've come. And uh, I always look forward to coming to the house. Well, don't y'all? I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm, I, I, need, I need God to tell me something. Talk to me. And uh, the Bible talking about two or three being together. He'll be there with us. And I'm glad that he's here. And so I trust you've come this morning expecting God to, to speak to you. To God to deal with some situations in your life. Uh, in 1 Kings 17, now if you have your Bibles, turn to that. I want you to really see these scriptures. If, there's a, if you don't have one, there will be a Bible underneath one of these chairs. Uh, if you've got your uh, iPhone or whatever, uh, go ahead and turn it. I really want you to take these scriptures back home with you. And so you can kind of look at them. Uh, this particular portion of scripture, I don't know how many times I've read it. And I always read it with the question in my mind, like, how could Elijah do what he did? You know what I'm saying? Uh, how, how could he, you know say some of the things he said how, how could he do that no and you'll see what i'm talking about here in just a minute and uh, and uh, the one thing about the, the word of god and I, I trust you find the same thing as the case is that you know even though you read it over and over again and uh, you know you've uh, uh, had the opportunity maybe to read through it several times but you know every time you read through it, it's new again isn't it i mean there's something special in there that that god has for you that, and maybe maybe the stage in the life you're in maybe that's what's going on maybe you're having some things going on in your life and that particular scripture kind of pinpoints that maybe you've had that happen and that's why it's so important to keep reading the word of god keep getting the word of god into your heart it will certainly make a change last week we challenged you to do two or three things uh, one of the things was to read the book of Ephesians. Started last week. Uh, uh, we could go today and ask you to read chapter one today. We could go and then all the way through <coughs> to Friday, which will be the sixth chapter of Ephesians. And then on Saturday, we ask you to go here and read the whole book of Ephesians. Now, if you did that, you're going to heaven. <laughs> and if you didn't. Guess where you're going, but but anyway, no. Oh, you're new today. I'm just getting there. And uh, but uh, but you know what we encourage you to do to to do that. Uh, but see, I, I really believe God's word changes people. Amen. I just believe it does. I mean, it, that's what's changed my heart and life. It, it wasn't necessarily peer pressure or the the guilt that maybe a church laid on me. What anything like that. God's word changes people's lives. And so as much as we can get God's word into our life, you say, well, preacher, I really want to change. Then you need to be reading more of God's word. It's not going to be the power of positive thinking or you've got great willpower. That stuff just doesn't work. You need the word of God. That's what makes a change. And we ask you, as you was reading the word of God, to pray. Uh, that first of all, God show me the gaps in my life, the, the areas of things that I say and things that I do. Show me the gaps. And then we ask you to also pray, God, help me to close those gaps as well. And then you, we pray, God, help me to be the overcomer. You know, I'm an overcomer uh, in the things of the Lord. Now, there's one other thing that we, we talked about. And we said we want you to not give up, you know. And it's amazing. You say, can people come to church and have given up? Yes, they really can. They just go through the motions. They, they come to these services. They come, in, they come in one way and leave the same way. Nothing's really any different because they've really actually given up. They've really come to a situation to believe they're never going to change anyway, so why even try? I mean, you've messed up, so therefore, why even make any effort because it's not going to matter. You're just going to mess up again, so, you know, what matters? And so you've kind of given up, but you're still kind of doing the church thing. You know what's happened? You've gone from relationship to religion. You're a religious person, and, you know, you're going through all the motions, and, you know, you're, you're, you know it's amazing to say that we can do that, but we do that. And so I challenge you, 
Don't give up, give in. Now, in 1 Kings 17, there's an example of that. And I wanted you to have that this morning. This kind of ends up these messages. But I, I wanted you to have this message this morning dealing with not giving up, but giving in. Now, if you go in 1 Kings chapter 17, look at verse 8. Now, uh, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, that was Elijah. The word of the Lord was coming unto Elijah. Elijah was being raised. Uh, he would live in a very wicked Israel. Uh, Ahab was the king, but not a good guy. He wasn't a good guy, by the way. A very, very wicked individual. Uh, but he kind of had the attitude he could do whatever he wanted, and, you know, God can just forget it. Well, God's not going to forget it. And so we find that God came to Elijah, and Elijah said it's not going to rain for three, well, actually, he said it wasn't going to rain, but at, at this time, close to three years had taken place, rain hadn't come, and the Lord had taken care of Elijah. He was, he was down by a creek somewhere fishing. I mean, I mean fishing, but he was, he was down there drinking that water and eating the pheasant and stuff of this nature, all that was coming in, and he probably was very well fed and looked pretty good. But God kind of had had a, change in his life and don't we like change you know what i find out as i get older i love change even more have you ever noticed that man it's great to change when you get older and all but you know uh change was coming into elijah's life and uh, i'm sure i you know you know the thing uh, and I, I don't know when we get to heaven we, we you know we say stuff down here like well i when i get to heaven, i'm gonna talk to him about that i don't think we're gonna even, even care when you get to heaven you know we we say so many ridiculous things down there don't we <laughs> you know it's but anyway I just got to believe, though, that there's some dialogue that we're not hearing, you know. I just got to believe that when God was telling Elijah, leave this very secure place where you got water. Of course, the brook dried up. But you had water, and you had plenty of things to eat, and I'm going to take you somewhere else. I, I'm sure there was some comment like, God, you don't, don't have, this will work for me. Let me stay right here. But that wasn't going to happen. Change was coming. The word of the Lord. Let me say this also as a thought. As long as I'm alive, I want the word of the Lord to come to me. Don't you all? I want God to speak to me. I don't want to ever get to a place where I'm not listening. Whatever God needs to do to cause me to listen, I want him to feel free to come to me, that he knows I'm going to listen to what he's got to say. As you know, when you walk in these doors, you ought to walk in there wanting to listen, wanting God to speak to you, because he desires to speak to you this morning. Here's what he said to Elijah. Arise, get thee to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. That's a really important phrase. And through, reading this through the years, this is a particular phrase I kind of missed. I mean, I, I see it. I understand it. But what's important to understand, Eli, God was saying to Elijah, there's a widow woman there that's going to take care of you. It's going to happen. What he didn't tell him was that she didn't know it. He, he forgot to give him that piece of information, you know. But she didn't know that she was going to be doing the things she was doing. But he knew. That's why he had the courage to say what he said to her. Look at verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, there gathered of sticks, and he caught, <clears throat> there gathered of sticks, and he called her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, understand, it's about three, not much water was around. That's precious. Look at verse 11. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Man, this is a widow lady. She had a child. 
here's this prophet of God who was well fed. He wasn't, he wasn't malnutrition situation, malnourished, if you will. He was well fed. I mean, he probably looked very good reference to what was going on in that particular area. And he asked this woman not only to get him the water, but to get him something to eat and all. I, you say, if it was a Baptist, he'd, he'd ask for chicken. Just want to put that in there. Probably it's in the Greek there somewhere. And it's more in the denomination, I think. Verse 12. And she said, I mean, she had to be shocked. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. You got that? He's given up. He's given up. I'm going to die. It's going to happen. This wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't some kind of a dramatic thing. It wasn't this is what was going to happen. It was a foregone conclusion. It was over with. And, uh, you know, and she was explaining that to, that to Elijah, that here, Elijah, now all I got is a little meal over here, barely a handful, a little bit of oil, not very much. I'm going to put that together, and I'm going to give it to my son, my child, and, and we're going to die. I don't know about you, if I'd have been Elijah, that would have been a tough, tough thing for me to be, saying anything more. But look what he did. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. Aren't you glad for the fear not in the Bible? Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. Here's the promise. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail unto the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Verse 15, she's giving in. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto Elijah. Now, what's the exciting thing about this when you read about this? Here is a woman at the point of desperation. She, you know, here's the deal. Uh, it, 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 when, it wasn't, when it wasn't raining there in Israel, it affected everybody. You know what I'm saying? When the rain didn't come down, it just didn't affect the heathens. It affected everybody. You know, it's important to understand that when judgment comes, it's just not, judgment is very widespread. And when judgment was on the nation of Israel, and, and so therefore they were in desperate straits, and they had, hadn't rained for almost three years, and of course, very little water now, very little crops, and so she was in a desperate situation, and what she needed was a miracle. What she needed was a miracle for, her, for in order to sustain her. And what Elijah was doing, he was challenging her to do three things. Take God as his word obey him and put him first in other words don't give up give in now this woman is an example i believe for us that we never have to hesitate when it comes to obeying the lord now this morning just for a few minutes i want to give you three compelling reasons why you need to not give up but give in putting god first number one putting god first releases our possessions to god um All she had was a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. I mean, you know, it's amazing. She had, she had so very little, and I'm sure probably as, as Elijah was talking to her, I mean, she probably in her heart thought, I don't have very much. There's an old song that when I was uh, being raised up as a teenager, it went like this. Are you ready for me to sing it? 
maybe little as much when God is in it. It was a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous lesson that little is much when God is in it. We find this particular situation when she was willing to put God first, what happened to her, this little bit that she had, God was going to use it to do tremendous things. And you have to admit, this would you agree with me that this widow lady and her son, they were in desperate situations? Would you not agree? Uh, they were in a situation where it was life and death. There was no game for them. Uh, there was no place to get any food. There was no one that had hardly any food, hardly any water. And she had a little bit of this stuff going on. And, and so she figured it out. I'll fix this for my son and me and we'll die. She was desperate to have something done. You may have come this morning and you may be in a desperate situation. Or you may not look that way. You may have, you may have walked in today and people have asked you the question, How you doing? You told him the answer, I'm doing fine. Not true, is it? You've walked in here today and you're in a desperate situation. Maybe you're in a desperate situation when it comes to your marriage with your wife or your wife with your husband or maybe you're in a desperate situation when it comes to your children or, or you've walked in this morning and personally you're in a desperate situation. You don't know what you're going to do. You've come here and you're going to go ahead and die. Give up. And here's this preacher that is well-fed, doesn't look all that thirsty to her. And he said this to her, I hear what you're saying, make me a cake first. <laughs> I don't know, guys. You know, I, you know I, I appreciate Elijah's obedience. You know why he was obedient? Because God told him that he had prepared her to do his will. He had that. God gave him that information. And he was able to be bold because what de- not only was this, 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 this young widow lady going to take God at his word, this guy, this, this preacher, this Elijah guy, he had to also take God at his word. And he said, what he was saying is, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust the, what the word of God says. I want you to put God first. And the, the principle is certainly right here. When you hold on to things, you lose them. And when you give them to God, you get them back. Let me give you some scripture. Luke 6, 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. What you sow, which is what you're going to reap. Ecclesiastes 11, 1. Cast thy bread upon the water, and thou shalt find it in many days. Now, we're talking about not just giving of money, but also of possessions. But most of all, giving of yourself. The Bible says casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Well, what, a, what an amazing thing that was being taught here. He would, you know, when, when we put God's first, he, can, he controls all areas, all aspects of my life. And I want to tell you right now, we need God in control of our country. We need God in control of our church. And we need God in control of our lives. God can do that. God, God you know, we, we and I realize that it's difficult not to be very forlorn about what's going on in our country today. And I'm sure that certainly we can be very depressed and very discouraged and, and very desperate, if you will. I don't think God's desperate. What do y'all think? I don't think he is. I, I, I cannot picture in God wringing his hands. I just don't think that's going on. I think God, just like, you know, that widow lady probably was trying to figure out what was going on there. But 
God had instructed Elijah on the things he was supposed to do. I think it's very important. You heard Dale talk about the reality of what we're instructed to do. We're instructed to give the word of God out. Let me tell you something. Oh, you guys, you're going to love it. And I'm not going to tell you to the end of the service. I got something to share with you that is amazing. Amazing. We have an opportunity that just, man, it's exciting. I'm going to share it with you in a few minutes and all. Not yet. Just wait. And uh, it's amazing. I, I wouldn't think we'd ever get a chance to do what, what I'm getting ready to talk to you about and all. And I know you're sitting there going on, you're sitting there on, on just your edge of your seats because you can't hardly wait. Because it means something exciting. I've got something exciting to share with you. And what the neat thing about it is that it gives us a chance to do what the Word of God says. I don't know about you. I want to do what the Word of God said. That's all in the world he was telling this little lady. Do what the Word of God says. Put me first. Put me first. If you do that, God, God will take care of all these this financial thing and personal thing, God will take care of that. Now, when you put God first, when you give in, we see in verses 14 and 15, it moves you from living by sight to living by faith. When you start putting God first, when you start giving in to him, it, it puts you into a situation, you know, where you, you, know, you kind of, you, you start living by faith, not by sight. Up to this point, up to this point, this widow lady was trying to figure it out. Now, I don't fault her for that. But the problem was, it wasn't figuring. You know. And so, but she was trying to figure it out. This is walking by sight, if you will. She was trying to figure it out. But, but her solution was death. Not what I consider a good choice. But that was her solution. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. As you look at the scripture, and he he encouraged her to make this cake. Uh, then he said, then prepare for yourself. She could have said, what about my child? Wouldn't that be a, you know, what, what about the children? See, the amazing things I, I hear people do in the name of children. They justify and they qualify their behavior based on that particular word, and that particular phraseology. And she, could have, and she could have said that, and, and she, could have, you know, she could have reminded Elijah, you know, charity begins at home, doesn't it? That's human reasoning that we see here. She, she could have made all those uh, types of situations, all those uh, kinds of arguments. But we see here in this particular portion of Scripture is that she exercised her faith by believing. She believed if her motive was right, God would bless. You know, I think you hear me say a lot of times, don't pray for God's blessings, do what God blesses. And here, in just a few minutes, now not, I can't talk to you right now about it. I like, but I, I got to wait. But I'm getting ready to tell you something that, God's go, that God will bless. And I got to wait. Be, be patient. I, I got probably 10 minutes. I can, probably, I can give it to you. And uh, if I run out of time, I'll do it next week. Anyway, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, anyway. So we, we see here that by, by putting God first, not only does it release our possessions unto him, and I like him to be in control. I like, you know, uh, it, I like someone in control that knows what they're doing. Have you ever invested in stuff that didn't work? Haven't we all done that, you know? And, uh, but I, it's exciting to invest in a situation that you know it's going to work. And so when I put my faith in God, when I give in to him, I, all that I am, all that I possess goes into his hands, and then he manages it. Man, what about that? If I put God first, it helps me to quit living by sight and start living by faith. We, we find that certainly what happened here 
what God was honoring here was her faith. Uh, what's amazing to me when she, when she makes that statement, you know, verse 15, where it says, and she went. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we don't really see not much communication. It'd been interesting to see what her face looked like during this particular dialogue and going on. But the Bible says that she went. She simply obeyed the word of God. She simply trusted what God's word said. And that's exciting to realize that when I give in, then, then everything, I, all, everything I have goes in his hands. And when I give in to him, I start walking by faith and not, and, and not by sight. But here's the cool deal, guys. The third thing is this. You look at there in verses uh, 14 and 15. When I give in, it puts God to work in our lives. Whoa, isn't that good? Right there. That's who I want working for me. It puts God to work in our lives when she decided to believe in god and to do what god had had commanded we find that what she did she released the lord to work in her life to do the things that that needed to be done and she learned two really important lessons lesson number one verse 16 says and the barrel of meal wasted not neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the lord which he spake by elijah she found out that God could take care of her. What a, what a, a revelation should that, what a revelation that, that should not be to us. But it is. Uh, so many times we don't think that we can make it, that God can't take care of us. And so, so we live in such a way, we, we live beyond our privilege, and we live beyond what God would have us to do. And so, but one of the lessons that she learned once she obeyed the Lord, that God will take care of us, and God will take care of you. The second lesson she learned was a lesson of multiplication. She gave a little of them and got a lot. Uh, she, she took a handful of meal, and she took a, a little bit of cruise of oil, and that thing went on and on and on. I mean, I mean, amazing. I mean, not just a handful. It, 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 I, I don't know how it went back. I don't know if every day she went there and the handful of meal was still there. I don't know. And the oil, and she kept pouring, kept taking it out. I don't know how it worked out. You know what I know? It worked out. I, I can't always explain everything God is doing in people's lives. I just see he's doing things. And what she was able to realize as she was sowing, she was reaping and bountifully. What a great lesson. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. Now he that ministers seed to the sower will minister bread and food and multiply your seed that sowed. What you sow is what you reap. Now, believe that God will be a debtor to anybody I, I don't believe that God will you know I don't think God's going to owe me anything you know what I'm saying I pretty much think God what what God promises to do he will do and you've walked in here this morning and you've one of the things I talked about next last week for you is the fact that you need to you need to give in don't give up you may have walked into this morning and you kind of, those thoughts are in your mind right now. Maybe you're going to give up on your marriage. Maybe you're going to give up on your kids. Maybe you're going to give up on your life. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're at a point where you're so tired of being tired and, you, and there's so much calamity going on today and there's so little peace and, and tranquility in our world today. And can I help you with that? There's never been peace and tranquility in this world. Where have you been living? It's never been here. I, that's what so surprised me. Oh, back in the, back in the olden days. Now, 
It's bad when I get around teenagers, they talk about the olden days, the 90s. Yeah, you ought to hear their the top 90 music. I mean, you know, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking 50s, you know, and the olden days. You know, well, back in the olden days, you know, some of y'all remember back in those olden days. I mean, you know, everything was so sweet, everything was so wonderful. Everybody in our government was honest. No one lied to us. They were all decent, upstanding people of great character. I don't know where you were living. I mean, hey, this world is not our home. It's never been our home. This is never a place that we are to put our roots down. That, you know, it's not that I'm not involved with what's going on in our country. Yes, I am registered, and yes, I will be voting. I got that, you know. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be participating. I'm trying to inform myself, and, which is really painful, but I'm doing it anyway. But, but the reality is this. This world is not the answer. Wake up. It's not the answer here. No wonder people want to get a little meal and oil and die because this world does not have the solution for us. So what do we do? Well, number one, take God at his word. God means exactly what he says. When, when, when Elijah told that literally, go ahead and make me a cake first, that's exactly what they meant. Says, Look what he's doing to her. He was doing nothing to her. He was doing something for her. She would have died without that. It looked like she was being taken advantage of, but in reality, her needs were getting ready to be met. Why? Because she was getting ready to take God at his word. And whatever God is speaking to you about this morning, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's with your children, whether it's in your marriage, whatever it is, you need to take what does God's word say. Be very careful moving against or without knowing what God's word says. Number two, obey him. Obedience is not an option, it's an obligation. It's, it's a part of our lifestyle. You know, when you read the scripture, how many times does it say, you know, to obey is better than sacrifice? You know, it goes on and on about the importance of us being obedient. Obedient doesn't mean it's going to be pleasant. It'd be wonderful if I could tell you, you know, once I trusted Christ as my personal Savior, I have never had another problem. I've never had, you know, I've never had any difficulties. Uh, uh, all the kids are perfect, and my wife's perfect. Except she don't come to church anymore. And I don't think she, oh, she comes to the second service. Oh, sweetie, I didn't mean that. That was Dale. He said that to my, that's what he threw up my notes right here. I wouldn't have done that. He snuck in. I got to get back. I'm closing out here, guys, because I got something really cool to tell you. And I hate not to be able to do it. I may not be able to, but I'm going to try to, though. Number one, guys, take God at his word. You know what I believe? I don't even know what that means. I don't know why we, I believe you're actually probably pretty smart. Why do we pretend you don't know stuff? You know stuff. Same Holy Spirit deals with me, deals with you. We all both have the same teacher, don't we? I don't have a, I don't have a special teacher. I got, the, well, I got the same one you got. He's the same one I talk to. Same, same, I study the same stuff you study. What do what I got to do? I got I to say, I'm going to take him at his word. I need to obey what he says. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whatever he wants you to do. Then you need to put him first. Put him first. Um, you know what? It's not in this lesson. One of the blessings this lady received, her son died. Read the rest of the chapter. 
her son was resurrected. And I believe, without question, is the cause of her obedience. You know what God's saying? Nothing, even death, is impossible to me. Nothing. You don't worry about that. What you worry about is obeying what the Word of God. Now, you've come this morning, maybe you're desperate. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's with your wife, with your husband. Maybe it's with your children. Whatever it is, you know what it is. And, you know, Satan's kind of backed you into a corner. And you're, you're, you don't know what to do. Well, I can tell you right now, you need to hear from the Lord. Hear some word of the Lord. And the Lord is speaking to you this morning. And maybe, you know, the greatest, I think the greatest place to trust God in is our salvation. If you've come here this morning, you're not real sure about eternity. Uh, if you would die right now and God came to you and said, why should I let you into my heaven? You don't really know. You know, being religious, being baptized, being a member of a church won't get you there. What will get you there is trusting in Jesus Christ, confessing our sins, receiving him into our heart. That's the best place to begin. But you're here this morning. You've trusted Christ as your personal Savior. You're on your way to heaven, and you are miserable. It's tough to put on a happy face all the time, isn't it? It's hard to keep faking it. Why, why keep doing that? Why not this morning say, God, I am so weary. I'm, I'm, if I don't straighten up, I'm, I'm preparing this meal and this oil, and I'm just going to die. Because I'm, I'm at the end. I'm at the end. Well, it's your choice. It's your choice. Would you please stand? Father, we come to you this morning. We're thankful for the word of God. We're thankful, Father, that for, for just how you kind of